This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to invite you to follow the podcast on Telegram. Just search for Mr. Productivity. Chris Mercer from here on out, he will only be referred to as Mercer. He is co-founder of MeasurementMarketing.io, is a sought-after measurement marketing expert. A lot of M's there. Mercer and his team have been helping marketers, oh, here we go again, marketing teams and agencies measure their marketing so they know what's working and what's not. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of M's. Mercer, welcome to the show. Man, thanks for having me, Mark, with an M. You see what we did there? It's and you mar- made it through it. That's the first test is can you get through all the M's? That was excellent. It's marvelous you're here. <laughs> but Magnificent. Oh, it's the last interview on a Friday afternoon, folks. We're, you're hearing this August 23rd, but we recorded this on Friday. And uh, we're both in the goofy mood, but don't worry. We are going to give you value. But you know my show, I don't do boring. And I can tell Mercer doesn't do boring either. So let's have a magnificent podcast, shall we? Let's do it. It's marvelous. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Ah, see, oh. we can just keep doing, we can do this for the, for hours on a, on a Monday, no less. Oh huh? yes. The episode see? does come out on Monday. <laughs> okay. Listener, we're sorry. No, we're not. <laughs> Listen, this is how people are going to be dragged into the show. And listener, how many, how many M words you come up right now? You know, think in your head, you know, you got an M word coming in your head right now. And hopefully it's not that dirty MF word. Okay. Let's not think that word <laughs> Mercer. So you're all about marketing. You're all about measuring. And you know, what's interesting is I want to launch with this is a lot of people get obsessed with measuring to the point when I became a podcaster back in 2017, I was like, literally sitting at my computer, hitting refresh the page to see all my downloads. Don't do that. Okay. Cause it doesn't serve any point. And now I've had like over 925 episodes. Now what I do when people ask me, well, how many downloads you have? I said, Nope, not going to talk about that. And they're like, well, why not? I'm like, well, how many episodes do you have downloaded to your phone that you haven't listened to? And they think for a minute and they go, Hmm, that's a good point. Exactly. I, there is something to be said about measuring, but when people get obsessed about downloads or how many followers or how many likes or how many comments, uh, I think those are vanity metrics. And I wish the companies would allow you to turn that off and let the author see them because I think people are judging based on that kind of measurement. So when you talk about measuring, what are you talking about? So, it, you know, it's, it's a really good question because when we think about measurement, this is the best way that I've, I've thought about it. I like thinking about the offline world because I think a lot of things with digital, anything digital, people overcomplicate it because yes. it's like, oh, it's a whole new world. It's not a whole new world. Humans are humans. We always, we're, we're all going to react in, in the same sort of behaviors we have since the dawn of time. And if I had a shoe store and you came into my shoe store and, and I said, hey, you know, welcome, welcome to the shoe store. We're help you with. You're like, oh, sorry, I was looking for the tire place. There used to be a tire place here. And I'd be like, oh, there was, but it's across the street now. And you go to the tire place. In a normal offline world, that would be the end of the conversation, right? But in the digital world, what I would do is then follow you over to the tire place and be like, hey, I know you were interested in shoes before. Do you want to look at shoes now? How about now? How about now? How about now? <laughs> I am still getting shoe ads. This is a true story that I clicked on an ad. I was at a shoe store, literally. And I was like, I hadn't heard about this brand before. I was like, what if they're any quality? Do a quick little Google search, end up on their site, right? Very, not the shoe store site, the brand's site. I am still being advertised weeks later by that brand for shoes, which is the kind of funny thing with the, with the internet. It's like the, the meme, but it's true. People don't realize that measurement 
is all about understanding the conversation, right? Going back to that shoe store example, if you're in my shoe store, it's like, oh, I'm looking for sneakers. Cool. My job now is to have a conversation with you about what type of sneaker you're looking for. We'll go to the sneakers, get you to try them on, hopefully to get you to buy maybe a second pair, maybe some socks on the way up. But you and I would have a very natural conversation in that process, in that transaction. Digitally, you can do the same thing, but marketers don't realize that. And that's what measurement is all about. Measurement is understanding their side of the conversation, the user side of the conversation, how they're interacting with the site. And, and the, if you think about it, it's a very real thing. When I say conversation, you go to the web pages, you're talking yourself through it. Have you ever read a certain web page and you're kind of like, gee, I wonder if they, and all of a sudden the page shows up and it's like, and if you're wondering if we do, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh my God, they're in my head. Like that happens, right? That's, that's being in the, in the user's head. Um, and that's an important thing. But measurement, you can actually, you can literally measure for that. So that I can know, hey, are you here because you're in the wrong spot and accidentally made a click because you're in the middle of your game and somebody got really fancy with the ad and got you to click over? Or was it because you're actually interested in this, but you're just not quite sure of the value of the product? And you can measure for those two distinctly different conversations. And then the marketing side kicks in. Marketing is how we reply, right? Marketing is how we respond, how we keep the conversation going. And that's the whole concept between measurement marketing is understanding that measurement is just listening to their side of the conversation and marketing is how we respond. Yeah, there's a lot of people not listening anymore. They're just 100%. putting their ads everywhere. And it's like, I don't have ads on my show. Well, I have two ads there for my stuff because this is my podcast. I send you back to my website to buy my courses and my membership. That That is, that is congruent because, yeah. you know, it all flows together. I people suggested me, Hey, why don't you have like audible ads or 99 designs or zip recruiter or zoom legal? I said that that's not congruent with my, my whole brand. Right. It's kind of like I'm a product. I'm Mr. Productivity, but would you like to buy some lemons? What? Right. And so I think a lot of people, yeah. when they, especially when they start podcasting, they just get all these low hanging fruit that anybody can be a, uh, an affiliate for. But they're not taking the consideration if you want to build a relationship and you have topic A, they expect everything to be around topic A. So if I recommend a book, it's in congruency with my topic. And I think a lot of people, I just want to monetize my podcast. I'm like, it could hurt you in the long run. Right. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Because to, to your point, if you came, again, going back to the offline world, that's why I like using that as an, as an example. Like if it works in the offline, it'll probably work digitally. You know, and so it's like if you came into the shoe store and you're like, hey, I'm looking for sneakers and you're like, well, here's these dress shoes we have on sale. You know, like that's going to be incongruent. It's it, yes, it's shoes, but it doesn't quite match the expectation that you had coming into my store. It's not going to leave you the, you know, the best taste in your mouth when it comes to, hey, am I, do I really want to do business with this place? Right. Because mm -hmm. I didn't listen to that because I wasn't, I wasn't listening to your side of the conversation. So that's, and that's what, why measurement is so important because you can tell things like that. Even if I wasn't asking you, I could watch you as you meander to the sneaker section versus the dress shoes section. And this is where it gets a little bit more like digital marketing, where it's like, oh, well, I can tell by the pages of my site that they visit, whether they're looking for sneakers or dress shoes. And now I can change the ads to offer sneaker or dress shoe offers or value or anything like that, that I need to, but I'm not going to come in and offer engine repair. Because what, you know, just because guys who wear dress shoes probably have cars doesn't mean that engine repair is going to be a, a useful ad for me, right? To your point. So you're 100% right. Brand congruency is really important when it comes to this. And I think people really need to, going back to what I said before about listening, is like I have a lead magnet right now, which is the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. But if I had the top five productivity tips on how to write a book, 
it wouldn't do too well because people go, wait a minute, you're not a writer. You're, I mean, you write, but you're not a writer. And I think that what you're saying applies to everything you do, whether it's a lead magnet, whether it's a funnel, whether it's a course, a membership, uh, email, uh, your social media. Social media is a little bit different. We'll get to that in just a second. But I, I think it's got to be congruent to what your message is. Now, with social media, I, I couldn't get social media to work for me. I mean, literally. And I don't have hundreds of millions of dollars in like pay to play. But then I heard Gary Vaynerchuk said, say, not said, he say, well, he did said, he did say and said, but whatever. It's my show. I can make the wrong English. Sorry. Say what you want. <laughs> Sorry, English teachers. <laughs> so he says document instead of create. So let's face it. Anybody can Google how to measure market, be a more productive person. But when I share my story, I'm not just sharing about productivity tips. Like right before we recorded this episode, I just shared where oh, my wife and I, we go to the shooting range every week. And last week, man, I was like, think of the, like a John Wayne, boom, right on target today. Not so well. And the video I did was your life is going to ebb and flow by the day, by the hour. And so it wasn't about productivity, but right above where I talked about what I said, I wasn't talking about it says mrproductivity.com. Why? Cause I want people to go, wow, this guy, he's not all about productivity. He's a real person. He goes to gun range. He, you know, he goes to church. He, he goes in daily runs because I'm trying to build a relationship. I'm not just here to take your money. I'm here to build a relationship. And I think when I study the businesses out there, the ones that have a relationship, they seem to do so much better, so much better. If you ever call Grant Cardone's office, I mean, it's like they never say, well, you know, we don't know because he hates that. You don't ever tell a customer. I don't know. They're very friendly. And I think that's what makes them stand out. And we all have those companies we call where it's not about them. They're about, they're about listening to the customer. And I, those are the ones that are succeeding. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. One of, one of the things that we have, like we have a, a measurement marketing framework, of course, to kind of follow and go through these things. And one of the steps that we have is this optimization step. It's the thing that really everybody's interested in always. How do we make things better, right? How would I improve my, my business or my site or the step that I'm trying to work on, the funnel or the customer journey or whatever the thing is they're trying to optimize. And the way that you do that is something we call the expectation engine. And that's exactly what you're talking about, which is like on social media, give you an example of, of how this has worked and not worked for us. So expectation engine basically is just the concept that anything that you're about to do, when you take an action, and this works offline and online, which is why I love it, but specifically, let's think about digital marketing. Before, When you're on Facebook, before and you see something that pops up where all of a sudden you're about to click on that thing, right? Before you're about to do it, you have a certain expectation as to what it's going to do. So it might be something like, hey, sweaters are on sale now for 25% off. And you're like, I need a sweater. And you're about to click on that button. What do you expect to happen? Well, you expect it's going to go to a page, probably have sweaters, confirm the 25% off, and then give you a selection of how to make, you know, to get your sweater. So as soon as you click on that button, if it goes to the clothing store that now shows jeans on sale, you're kind of like, you immediately stop. That lizard brain sort of kicks in and you go, wait a second, what just happened? Where am I? Is this, do they sell sweaters too? Oh, oh, I, I see. There's the banner in the lower right-hand corner that talks about the sweater sale. Okay. But now your conversion rate drops dramatically. Because you're forcing people to, to do a little more manual thinking. You're not matching their expectation. To the extent that you match expectation after expectation after expectation is that engine working, right? And if it's firing on all cylinders, 
that's what builds the relationship. Because if, again, if, if you had showed up today, well, and you did, you honestly, you did a great job with expectation engine from a podcast guest. So we were kind of joking around it before we went live, but where I was like, dude, I've gotten so many messages from you to say, Hey, in three days, in two days, I got one in 30 minutes, we're going to do this. And then I'm like, wow, the only thing missing is a text. Oh, there's the text message. And you know what? Not one guest has ever missed his interview. I, this is my point, right? Because you set the expectation. You're like, here's the tech you're going to use. Make sure you have this. Now, if you had done all of that, you're, you're essentially making sure that I am prepared, right? And you have a certain expectation for me as a podcast guest. So if I come on and I'm opening up the thing and I'm like, wait a second, I'm trying to work my mic out. All the I don't have headphones. I didn't know you had you. And all of a sudden, you, you and I would not be getting along as well as we do now because I didn't match expectation and that hurt the relationship. Right. That's, and that's why expectation is so important. And you can measure for this, right? Going back to so that measurement concept, whether it's Google Analytics, the tool really doesn't matter, but something like Google Analytics or anything else, you can measure it. So for example, going back to your, your leads, you're talking about productivity. You're like, well, I've got my five tips for entrepreneurs. And maybe you're like, hmm, maybe my audience is into five tips for writing a book. And so you do both. You test both. I guarantee you're going to see a higher conversion rate on the productivity tips than you were on the book tips. Why? Because that's what your brand is. And to your point, it probably isn't worth testing because it's off brand, but you could see it and you would honestly see two different, completely different reactions from your audience. One of them going, yeah, this matches my expectation. Therefore, I'm continuing the journey and I'm rewarding you with higher conversion rates as you go from step to step to step. And the other one going, thanks, but I'm not, I, I, you know, I don't see you as a book writing expert so that I'm not coming to you for those tips. So I'm not going to opt in for your book writing thing. You know, and, and you'll see it in the numbers. And that's the beauty of measurement for me is that it avoids guessing. It avoids that gut thing where you're so like, gee, I don't know. What do you think? And you start talking to all the friends and then God forbid you get into a mastermind, you know, type of thing. And now you're like in the mastermind, you're, you're like, someone's like, oh, I think you need a purple button or you should change your headline. And you're like, oh my God, I have 50, 55 different ideas I have to figure out, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's really hard to do that. And measurement tells you, oh, actually, yeah, they don't like this offer at all just try a different offer or measurement can tell you can measure for something that says if somebody was on the page for 10 seconds, you could do that. So it comes down to the point where it's like, if they're not there 10 seconds, you have an above the fold problem. You, your, your headline isn't matching what the ad did or what the email that sent them over, whatever the thing was. And you know that you don't have to worry about the blow the fold stuff because the top part is what's kind of pushing them away. So you go, well, how do we do this? Let's fix it. So give an example. We, we had a webinar where we were doing the framework. We do, we do, that's kind of our model, right? We do from social media. This maybe can help you out on, on social media stuff. So we had a, an ad where we just saw, like we expect roughly speaking 30 to 35% registration rates on a webinar, right? From cold traffic. That's kind of what we expect. So we did this webinar and we ran some traffic for a day. It wasn't a long time, which is, I, I don't like the rule of like, you got to learn Facebook for three days. I'm like, no, you don't. Give Mark money for a few hours and then look and see what he did with it. That's all you need, right? Because it's, it's not going to change. The algor- that whole thing of like, trust the algorithm. You know, it's Mark's algorithm. He's going to, he's it's, it's in it for his interest, right? <laughs> but we looked at it and we saw these 10% conversion rates coming through. And I'm like, okay, this is clearly off. There is an expectation mismatch. So I went back to our marketing team. I pulled them up and I said, listen, we, I can tell you the conversation the user is having is they are surprised that they're showing up on a webinar. They have no clue. Now let's go to your ad that remember they were setting up for webinars. So in their heads, they were doing this. I said, let's go to the ad with the intention that it's causing an expectation that has nothing to do with the webinar. Let's go look for that error. And we look at the ad and it was super obvious. They literally were just like, here's what the framework is and this and this and this learn more. 
didn't prep him for a webinar, didn't told him his training, didn't say it was free, none of that stuff. So then you show up on this webinar page and you're like, oh, well, I'm, I don't want a webinar. I just was hoping it was a blog post about the mental marketing framework or something, which would have been the expectation that I would have gotten from that ad. So what did they do? They said, okay, totally makes sense. And we instantly saw it in the numbers. We didn't have to give Facebook money for three days to figure out the campaign wasn't going to work. We knew within hours it was dead. So we stopped giving Facebook money. We went back to the ads and we said, okay, we're going to rework those ads. Measure marketing framework, still the same sort of message, except we highlight the training. We highlight the call to actions. We change it from learn more to sign up, right? So it's like very register now, like that sort of call to action. So now, you know, you're clicking on something that's more than likely something you're going to have to register, which means an email. And you know that ahead of time. So now when you go to the webinar, all of a sudden the webinar starts getting good opt-in rates. It gets the opt-in rates we would have expected to get. And the only reason we made that happen was because we measured. We listened to their side of the conversation and they went, mm, I don't think I, and you're like, oh, sorry, I said the wrong thing. What I meant was our sneaker section is over here, right? Like that was the idea of how we did that. And measurement, measurement led us to be able to do that without having to give money for three days to Facebook to test the campaign. You know, we just knew, we knew it wasn't going to work. And then of course we knew it is going to work and we can continue to scale uh, because of that. You know, I, when you're talking there, I, I was thinking about a mistake I made with my funnel. And it's something that I've seen for years and it didn't click with me. So when you sign up to be a Mark Stuchowski insider, you would just be added to my list. Right. And then all of a sudden, I mean, like I said, I've seen this for years. I'm like, dude, why are you not trying to sell someone your product? Like as soon as they opt in, go to the next page, the thank you page. And here's a one-time offer. And I'm like, why haven't I been doing this for so long? Cause my membership was zero people sign up. Okay. Now what? But now they get a one-time offer and everyone does it. I'm like, what took you so long to figure that out? Cause you can't measure when there's nothing there. And now I know, and I, I really cool. So if you click on the offer, now it gives you another offer because that's what you're supposed to do. And every offer that comes on, it, you know, get less conversion, but I wasn't even doing it. And I'm like, I have been, I've been, I don't want to say suckered. I bought into other people's funnels and it never pierced my cranium like this they just raised their hand and say i want to join their list oh he's got a course and i get it for a really cool deal if i buy it right now never thought about that so sometimes when you're in the forest you can't see the trees but i want the listener to realize that i don't care who it is we all make mistakes but yes. the thing is once you realize the mistake then you're like, oh, I have to fix this. And I fixed it. Now it's only been a couple of days. So I can't tell you, you know, any measurement because it's literally been, and I, I haven't run ads on it or anything like that. But I also on the button, it doesn't say learn more because when I, when I first did, well, wait a minute, I switched gears. Sorry about that listener. I literally just switched gears on you. I got to explain before I do that. So everyone's got these pop-ups, right? These exit intents. Well, I have one on my homepage, which above the fold is to join my email list. And my pop-up was to join my email list. Again, I had another epiphany. Why don't you sell one of your products as the pop-up? Well, yeah, because they already see the email opt-in there. And so what I did is I, I created it, had a button, and it went to the sales page. And then just yesterday, now not yesterday for you listeners, Sunday, I mean Thursday the 19th, I'm like, no, just send them to the checkout page. Fewer clicks will increase my chance of a conversion. So. I'm a student of life. I'm a student of, you know, building my business, business growth, measurement. That's why I'm glad you're on the show. I, I don't want you ever to get to a point, listener, that you've got it all figured out. Everyone is learning every day. And I've just learned a lot from you based on what you said already. Hey, 
you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Just to second that point, there is, because that, that is a challenge. I think there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm not the expert. I'm the authority. There's some guru that's in charge of whatever. Like, we are all each other's gurus, mm-hmm. right? I stand on the shoulders of giants. So do you. We always will. They stand on the shoulders of other people helping them out. Yeah. Like, everyone's helping each other out. There is no, I don't, I don't believe in the right way. There's just the current way to get something done. I don't think there is a right way. There's just like, hey, here's what's working right now. And let's just try it out. But I, but you cannot go wrong with those core sort of structures of business, which is listen to your customer. They will tell you, you know, when we first started, uh, we started as a high end agency. We started doing WordPress sites way back in the day. And then we would, people would say, well, I, I personally, I wanted to differentiate it because everybody's doing WordPress sites. It was like commodification, right? <laughs> so it was like, well, we are going to do this new thing, which was true at the, at the time. This is how long ago this was conversion rate optimization. Like we're going to optimize your site. So we would come to them and we'd say, okay, well, here's your WordPress site and here's your optimization stuff. Here's where Google Analytics is. And this is where the goals are set up. So you can tell what where your leads came from and where your sales came from, blah, 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 blah. And for us, it was overnight that the customer was not us. Wasn't my brilliant idea to get into Google Analytics. It was my customers because they would say to me, listen, uh, forget about the site for a second. Can you go back to the analytics thing and show us how you did this, this, and the other thing? And then they would refer people to us who no longer wanted WordPress sites. Those people already had sites. They needed their analytics set up. So all of a sudden we heard the market saying, you know what? The pivot is not WordPress sites because there are a dime a dozen at that point. Anybody can do it. It's Google Analytics because nobody's doing that correctly. Nobody's setting it up. Nobody realizes you have to set it up. They think turning it on is setting it up. And that's Google's fault. That's not their fault. That is Google's fault because Google's done really good about, hey, just put the code on the page and then start using it. It's like, you cannot at all do that. That's <laughs> it's setting yourself up for failure. Um, but- we heard the market. We said, okay, we're going to go into analytics. We started as a high-end agency. We were just doing setups. That's all we did for years. But I wanted to one day, because as, as I'm sure you know, right? everyone's like, well, get a course. You got to, you want to be able to get a recurring membership, whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, I will do a course. And that became like, I'll do a course, okay, but tomorrow. Because it's tough when you've got a client who's paying you, you know, a substantial amount of money to do a build. And then you're like, or I can sell this $47 course versus this, you know, $8,000 sale. You're like, well, I'm doing, I'm going to take care of that guy who just paid me eight grand, right? Yeah. So it's like, you keep doing that and you keep doing that. And all of a sudden it's been like eight months. And I'm like, okay, so here's how I did it. I got, and this goes back to the productivity thing. For me, I love building a system that forces the result. Mm-hmm. So I changed my system. I'm like, I am always going to procrastinate creating this course. I'm not going to be productive at all doing that. So I sent out an email to our list and I said, this Wednesday at, uh, at it was uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. This Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, we're going to do this. I'm going to do a, a teaching. I'm going to do a workshop on how to set up a goal in Google Analytics, whatever the topic was. Here's the catch. It's live. You have to sign up for it. There is no replay. There's no replay. He's got to show up live. The only reason I did that was because I needed to create the course. So I basically was like, well, if I email my list, if anybody registers, I got to show up now. I got, cause I, I, there's something in me. Like if I commit to something, I'm going to be there. So it's like, they signed up for the webinar. I'm like, okay, I'm now I'm teaching to maybe one person. I think it was back in the day, but it didn't matter. Cause I was like, they were live and I would do my thing. And I had my course. I had my beginnings of my course. Well, then what started happening was, we would get emails from people saying, listen, I watched that. That was amazing. Um, I know you don't give out the replays, but can I buy a copy of it? Mm. Again, not my brilliant idea to sell the course. It was theirs. And they came to me and it was because I was open and listening. Right. And they said, oh, well, how? and I was like, oh, sure. How about 20 bucks? And they're like, sure. I'm like, okay. So we started selling each of those workshops for $20. 
So <laughs> now that grew into, because at a certain point, it became problematic to manage so many products. And I'm like, okay, new plan. We're creating a membership site. We're yes. pushing everything back there. Right. And that became the Measure Marketing Academy, which is now our flagship product over the years. And it's grown into, into its huge amount of stuff. But that's how it got started was because I listened to the customer because I wasn't kind of like, oh, I'll tell you how you're going to buy from me. I went to them and said, <laughs> how would you like to buy from me? How else can I serve? What other value can I provide? And I was just willing to do that and be wrong. Like there were some times where I was like, oh, hey, here's a great course. You're going to love this. And they were like, nope, what else you got? And I'm like, okay, well. Next time I won't tell you what the course is going to be. I will help. I will, I will ask you what you want and then I'll just provide it. And I've never gone wrong doing that. And measurement just takes it to a whole new level because you can see in the open of an email rate if they're interested in the topic or not by how, you know, what the open rates are. You can tell how well your emails are working in terms of setting the expectation in terms of what the click-through rate is, yeah. right? Then you can measure, of course, like you were talking about before with, with your pop-up. One thing I would look for because I love your idea of the pop-up just being like, hey, buy the thing now. Because it's you've got somebody who's who's already sort of having a conversation with your brand, right? They're on the page. They're interacting with your brand. And then you have this pop-up of here's a way to go deeper, right? To, to, to carry the conversation to the next level with this product. As long as that pop-up, and this goes back to that expectation engine thing we were talking about. Mm -hmm. If that pop-up communicates the value and builds enough value. So if it's only like a little teeny pop-up or, you know, sort of space that you've got real estate to communicate what the offer is, it probably should be a really cheap sort of offer, inexpensive to get started with, but pack a lot of value. Then the expectation would be go to the cart, right? Set the expectation. So it's like, Hey, go to the cart, check out now or something like that. It's like, okay, cool. Then go to the cart and reinforce whatever the value is coming through there. But if I think, oh yeah, I'm interested in your, in your handbook for seven bucks. And my expectation is I'm going to go to the sales page where I can learn about it. The cart will surprise me. And then I will be like, oh, I don't think that's going to be worth it. And you'll see a, a high, and this is how you know it's happening, going back to numbers, right? If your standard cart checkout, let's say 40% or 50% of the people make it through your checkout, which is obviously not 100% of the people always do. Let's say half of them do normally for whatever your site is. If half the people normally make it through a checkout, but this checkout, only 20% of the people are making it through, that's how you know. You're like, okay, I'm missing the expectation. I need to build a little more value. I need to make a page in front of it. And it's weird because to your point, it's like, it is more clicks, but each click is setting the expectation. And if you make too big of a jump, sometimes you need to add a little bit of friction. It can actually help you. Uh, we did it. We did a very real world case study on this. We did a um, a client that was doing like one of those free plus shipping offers for, you know, I think it was supplements or something. And this is years ago and they were doing this and we had their, their funnel was, oh, I, I want to reserve, reserve the trial. Right. So it's like, okay, I'm going to put in my name and email. That was the first step. Second step, put in your address. Okay. Name and email, like that's kind of easy, easier to get in today's world, right? People give that up pretty easy. It makes sense. It's not a whole lot of risk, but my personal mailing address, like where I'm going to ship this product to, that's a little more detail, right? So I am committing, I'm assuming that I'm committing a little more to the brand when I give you those sort of details. And then the next stage was, okay, let's go ahead and pay for it. And what they saw was this, everybody's emailing, no problem. Everybody's putting in the shipping information, but when it comes to payment, it just died. It died. And we were like, that's for me, it was fascinating because I'm like, why would somebody give up all this other personal information, but then not complete with a credit card? So we go back and we're like, okay, the expectation engine thing, right? And I always go back to offline. In my head, I'm always in that shoe store. You know, like, how would I do this if, if this was a real store? And I was thinking, well, what's happening right now is they, they don't realize like they're on up, they're actually in a process of buying it. For some reason, that isn't being reinforced for them. So what we did is we said, okay, here's, we're going to make some changes to the, to the structure of the funnel, to the customer journey. And we said, first step is name and email. Cool. Let's get started. Second step, 
okay, we're going to go ahead and reserve your trial. Where would you like your product shipped? Right? So we changed just a little bit. We're going to reserve your trial. Where would you like your product shipped? Fill that out. No problem. Then they would click submit. There'd be a little window that popped up and it just was like one of those little processing wheels. And it, it did nothing. It did nothing except set the expectation for the next step. Because what we did is we, in this processing wheel, instead of just saying processing, it said, hang on a second, we're reserving your trial. So then it said, hang on a second, reserve your trial for like two or three seconds. Then it flipped to payment, which then said, great, your trial is reserved. How would you like to pay for it? Uh, and now that was the equivalent of, of you coming into my store saying, uh, yeah, what's, you know, maybe looking behind the counter and you're going like, oh, wait, what is it? I'm like, well, let me grab it for you. And then I put it in your hands because that's how you sell stuff. I'm going to get it out of my hand and into your hands. So you can look at it, feel it, look at the bottle, see the ingredients, all that stuff. That's what I was trying to mimic with that design. And it worked. It worked on mobile and it worked on desktop and it brought back all their conversions. And it was funny because it was the, it wasn't something traditional because all you hear about is like, less clicks is better. Less click is better. And I'm like, it's not, it's expectation. So if you have 12 clicks and I only expected three, well, in that case, yes, less clicks is better. But in that case, we actually added friction. We added a delay, but it dramatically improved that expectation that they had and they're more likely to purchase. Makes sense. So. On my on my pop-up, what I did is set a saying, learn more and send you to a sales page. It says, yes, I want this. So, Which, which is them saying, oh, it's a buying signal. Sets right. the expectation. Makes sense. I would go to the cart. Right. Totally. Yeah, so, totally. And as long as the cart says the exact same product name, I've seen that too. Yeah. Or somebody's like, it's a different product name or it's like $7 and you go to the cart, it's $17. And like, Wait a second, what's going on? You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 100%, I, that's great. I took all the, the main stuff off my sales page and put it on the cart. So whether you go to the sales page of the cart, it's got the same information. So when you click that button on my pop-up, you're going to get the same exact information. It's laid out a little different, same exact information so people can buy. And of course, I so use if you have those. any questions, it's all right there. Exactly. And right. get instant access now. And here's the guarantee and the refund policy. Everything's right there. So all you have to do is like pay for it. And it's yeah. not, we're not talking a high dollar item. We're talking like $49 a month. So we're not talking $4,900 a month. So I think that makes it a little bit the, uh, different as well. Um, wow. We talked about a lot in, you know, I, as you're talking there, I'm like, holy crap, you talk just as fast as I do. So <laughs> listener, you may have to, you, I, you may have probably like made this to 0.5 speed to listen yes. to us because <laughs> Mercer so and I true. both talk very, very fast. I'm like, holy cow, very few people match my speed, but you, you did my friend. I love that. And it's funny because I, I sometimes I'll, I'll tell people about these tools, about these, I watch all my videos at two and three times, right? I'm just sort of used to that now. And, and I, the, every time I'm like, oh yeah, you can use it and you can even do it for our videos. They're like, no, I'm going to use it the opposite way. It's exactly what you just said. It's like, <laughs> I need to slow you down by half yep. so you can speak like a normal individual. That's a, <laughs> well, it's just because you and I are passionate right. about what we're doing. And it I, is. I, I we just, enjoy it. I just love it. And you know, you gave us a lot to think about on the show. I mean, I can't wait to see Otter do the transcript because it's going to be this big chunk of stuff because you just kept talking for like eight minutes straight without taking a breath. And it's going to go, Really? Um, but I mean, the, the transcripts mainly for Google anyways, but, uh, you gave us a lot of information and is there anything else you want to share with us before we wrap up? Because I mean, you gave us tons of information. I mean, oh my gosh, it's like boatloads of information. Anything else on your heart you want to share with us before we wrap up? Okay. Just real two quick things. And this is mostly for the people who are kind of like, yeah, but I'm not a numbers person, right? Cause I, I talked to, we talked to a lot of those. Like we sort of teach people this whole Google analytics stuff and everything else, but we do it for normal people. That's sort of how we, that's normal our people. Fame, you know, <laughs> normal people, people that aren't numbers people. But the way to think about it is, is like, if I gave you a kid's book, 
and I said, hey, could you read this children's book, Gulags and Three Bears or whatever, right? And you could probably read that just fine. But if I take that book, I rip out the pages and I rip those pages into pieces, I smash them all between that cover and I say, now read me the book. Could you read that book? Could you read me the story? And the answer is yes, you could, because they did not change your ability to read. But what most people think is, well, no, I couldn't read it. You could read it. It would just take you a really long time mm. because you'd have to dump all them out, find them, put them together. Maybe some of them fell behind the couch and then you just have to make up parts of the story because <laughs> you can't figure it out, right? And you, would, and you would do that. You'd power through, but it would take you a really long time. It would be frustrating. It would not be fun. By default, when you turn on Google Analytics, it is a ripped up bunch of pieces of paper. That's what it is. It's a ripped up story. And everything is turned on and it's there, but it needs to be set up in a certain way. You have to have a framework to go through to set things up so your traffic is being identified and, and it's tying to the results so you can actually see a story back there. I think a lot of people have a belief that a platform or a tool like Google Analytics will wants to tell a story of kind of what's working and what's not. And that is true. It does. But when they get back there, they look at it. They're like, oh, I'm just not a numbers person. I can't figure this stuff out. But that's like looking at that ripped up book saying, I just can't read. I'm not a good reader. And it has nothing to do with you. It's just that the book was poorly built, right? Google Analytics wasn't set up properly. So once you learn how to set it up and you go through a few steps to do that, that platform will light up. It will tell you a story. It will be as easy or pretty close to it as reading a children's book. So just as a kind of like a party note is giving those people help out there where it's like, if you've ever tried this stuff and you're like, yeah, but I'm not a nervous person. That's like saying to me, I hear that every time. I'm like, well, I can't be, I can't read a book. I'm like, you can. You can read, but it's not your fault. It truly isn't. I know a lot of marketers always say that's what you're supposed to say, right? It's not your fault. But it, in this case, it really isn't. It's just that they haven't really done a great job of teaching people how to set up that platform. And that's where we come in. So once you learn how to set it up, it becomes a lot easier to actually start listening to the conversation, actually start hearing what users want you to do. And then you can pretty much easily, like you were saying, you can respond, you can adjust your site and ultimately improve the revenue. I set my Google Analytics up oh, a number of years ago. I haven't. I haven't touched it. I've got the Google Analytics app on my iPhone. I look at it occasionally. And uh, so you got me thinking about, hmm, I need to. There's a whole, I would guarantee when you say set up, what you really mean was turn on. You activate it. Well, actually, no, I did activate it. And my wife and I, we went through some Google Analytics course. I don't even know where it was. Maybe it was on. Oh, well, this is good. The fact you even did that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. We haven't revisited it in a number of years. Yeah, so we just, fun. we did learn how to use it. I think it was a lynda.com course we went through. Oh, it so, may have been. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We went through it, but we haven't revisited it in several years. Um, and they improved this is, it. This is how you know. This is how you know. Go back in your Google Analytics. And if you go back into like the admin section and it just says in the, there's, there'll be three columns back there. One of them will be views. It'll be on the right-hand side. And if it says all website data, that's not set up yet. That's how you know. And you're like, okay, I turned it on. That's, but that's good news. Cause then you're like, oh, well, this is why, cause it's analytics should be kind of like, it is your portal into the conversation, right? So you should be excited to be like every day. You're like, what are they telling me now? You know, uh, that, that sort of feeling should come across and it, and it does happen, but it needs a little bit of setup, but that's, that's a very quick way to be able to tell. Well, listener, I hate to break the news to you, but I'm going to talk to Mercer after the show. So, ah, <laughs> about, about my Google analytics, but Hey, where can we find out more about you and why you talk so fast? Definitely. So measurementmarketing.io is, uh, is our company. So obviously measurementmarketing.io is a great place to, to get started and learn more about what we do. Um, we do have a, a free membership. I mentioned the Academy. That is our kind of flagship membership training program. But we have a free one that comes with free training. So there's lots of free training back there you get access to. And all of our tools, we create a lot of tools for our members. We give away all those tools, even for our free members. Um, something we call the toolbox membership. 
So anybody that's interested in that, just go to measurementmarketing.io forward slash Mark. So measurementmarketing.io forward slash Mark, and it'll take you right to that page. And for those of you north of the border, that's Mark with a K, not a C, just... I want to put that out there. Okay. It's not very French. important. It's not French. Yes. <laughs> Mercer, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was an absolute delight having you here. Definitely. I'm looking forward to, to being on the, uh, the bonus features when you and I go through your analytics. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.